بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا سیونٹینتھ آف جولائی ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد and blessed life of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu and I've reached the point when I'm mentioning his blessed name now during the Khalifat of Sayyidina Uthman radiyallahu and I've mentioned that he had the satisfaction of taking the wretch's life i.e. the one who firmly believed in the false prophet Musaylim So during the latter years of Sayyidina Uthman Radiyallahu's Khalifat, Kufa tragically became the hope of mischief, unrest and rebellion. Once while Sayyidina Uqba ibn Walid Radiyallahu was its governor, a person who was accused of witchcraft had displayed his abilities to one and all. However, a person by the name of Sayyidina Jundub killed him before he could even be sentenced. Thus, Jundub was now arrested and imprisoned for taking the law into his own hands. So what's happening? So Kufa became a city of unrest. There's many reasons for this. One of the reasons was because Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas had done a dua against it. And I'm going to mention that his dua is would be answered because of the prophetic du'a in his favor. And he goes, never let them have a meal who they would be happy with. And there's other reasons as well. So, there was a person who was openly displaying witchcraft. You could argue, it might have been slight of a hand, but he was displaying this to one and all. A person by the name of Jundub, He killed him. So what was the problem there? The problem there was that he'd taken the law into his own hands. So then now Jundub was arrested. So what happened? In Tabari, in his tarikh, it mentions, the Amir al-Mu'mineen, Uthman radiyallahu, was informed of what had transpired. And he ordered that Jundub should be given a stern warning and then released. And the people should be instructed to refrain from taking the law into their own hands. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu just gathered the people of Kufa and he told them, O people, do not act on doubts or rumors and do not take the law into your own hands. Punishing the guilty and the criminals is my responsibility. Do not overstep into my jurisdiction. So there was an error. But Jundam was released. Why? Because that was the punishment for a person who's dabbling in witchcraft. But Ibn Mas'ud then said, don't go by rumors. Don't take the law into your own hands. He goes, bring it to me. And then the law will be enforced. So now, what or who is that a trait of which Muslims in inverted commas take the law into their own hands? It's the Khawadij. 
To take the law into one's own hands is a dreadful trait of the accursed Khawarij. So note what's happening. You can see this is sprouting. <laughs> These elements are coming up now. And notice it was the place of fitna and fasad. So now with regards to that person, there's reports which has details. So this person, when he was displaying his so-called skills, he was taking the head of a chicken or something, putting it back on and the chicken it back to life again. And the he was given the uh, display that he could bring the dead to life. So Jundub came along. Some say he was a companion. And he was watching and nobody was telling him nothing. So he walked over, took his head off. <laughs> he could let him bring himself back to life. <laughs> right? And then there was a big human crying. Oh, what's happened? This, that, and the other. And then, of course, Jundub was arrested. And the report is, as is mentioned. So why? Because obviously an, an, a major sin was taking place publicly. Nobody was, you know, stopping that. But Jundubh, if he was a companion, he did overstep the mark. And I'm not saying that. This is what Uthman said, and Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. But we can understand. So what happened? He was in prison, but he was released. Why? Because of course that was the command. So in a modern day setting, how is that applicable? So we can take from this. There's been situations in the Muslim world where people have been killed for blaspheming the Prophet. So in that situation, what happens? The person is taken to prison for killing. But then what happens? He's released. Because the execution does take place because of somebody who blasphemes the Prophet in an Islamic land, his life is now, you know, forfeit. But you can't take the law into your own hands. What's interesting, Jundab wasn't executed even though he killed. You can't use the argument. Have you understood that? Because why well, he's killed somebody. He's took the law into his own hands. And the response is, do you know better than Amir al-Mu'mini? Uthman. You know better than Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And if you think you know better, then make your own religion. So again, that is probably why this incident also took place to highlight this. Another very important thing occurred, or tragic event occurred during Uthman's Khalifat. And it was the passing away of one of the senior companions. Sayyidina Abu Dhar So the report. So this is recorded in a Hakim in his Mustadrak number 4346 Sahih. Kanzul Omar number 33232. Half is Zahbi in his Seer 2-56-7. Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Hisham in his Seer, page 597 of the New English Translation. Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabakat, volume 4, page 234. Ibn Katil Sira, volume 4, page 9 to 10 of the English translation, he stated, The line of authorities for this is good, but they, the canonical collections of a hadith, did not relate it. Hayat Sahaba, volume 4, page 488 of the New English translation. So, just a word of the authenticity. So, this hadith is flawless. Hafiz Ibn Katil said it is a very strong chain, but he found something strange. He goes, Even though it's a solid chain, I'm surprised. <laughs> that none of the famous compilers narrated it. So this report you won't find in Bukhari, Muslim, Nasai, Abu Dawud, Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, even in Imam Ahmad's Muslim. So that's interesting. Whatever the case, it's an authentic report. So who's the narrator? Sayyidina Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud, he's the narrator, He said, When Abu Dhar, was sent by Uthman, to Ar-Rabadha, and he was about to die there, 
there was no one with him but his wife and servant. So just to add a few details. Abu Dhar he had once, the Prophet had once tested him. He was once sleeping in the masjid and the Prophet nudged him with his blessed foot and he gets up and he goes, Oh Abu Dhar, what would happen when you see this and this happening? So Abu Dhar says, I'll sort him out with my sword. <laughs> so the Prophet said, it would be better if you move from there to another place. <laughs> then the Prophet said something else to him. He goes, what would happen if you see something happen in that place? He's not dealing with my sword. And the Prophet said, it'd be better if you, you know, move to another place. And then he even told him, that you will go to Rabada. So here the report says, Uthman sent him to Rabada. So now the deviants, the shaitans, they say that Uthman had a problem with Abu Dhar because he was causing problems in the Khilafat, causing unrest. So Uthman as a punishment, what they say, as a punishment, then he sent Abu Dhar to Rabada, which is a desolate place. The answer is no. He went there because he was told to go there. Then what happens? He's in that location. Death comes. He's only got his wife and his servant. He instructed them, if I die, you should wash and then shroud my dead body. Then lay me on the roadside and inform the first caravan of travelers to pass. This is Abu Dhar, the companion of Rasulullah sallallahu Those help us to bury him. So very unusual request. Normally, what's your final bequest? So-and-so washes my body, so-and-so, so-and-so. Look at his bequest. Because as soon as you've washed and uh, shrouded me, put me on the side of the road. That's a strange request. And then second strange request, the very first group of travelers that go past, tell them it's me, Abu Dhar, and help me to bury. When he passed away, they did as instructed. They thought we have to execute this. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, the report says, was at the time coming that way with a group of men from Iraq on their way to Makkah to perform Umrah. So now what's up in the report? What does that tell you about Qadr? People just say, oh, it's coincidence. There's no such thing as coincidence. What was Ibn Mas'ud's intention? Imagine he's in Iraq. I'm going to do Umrah. Was his intention to bury Abu Dhar? That was the Qadr. When suddenly they saw the deer on the roadside and their camels almost trod on it. Why? Because they're sand dunes. So this body the next minute, oh, hang on him. What's this? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud asked, who is this? He was informed by the slave, this is the body of Abu Dhar, the companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Please help us to bury him. So now what's interesting, did that servant know it's Ibn Mas'ud? From this statement, it seems he was clueless. But he was talking to him as if he didn't know. He goes, Abu Dhar. So Ibn Mas'ud burst into tears. And he said, Verily, Rasulullah has always spoke the truth. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon Abu Dhar. He is now walking alone. He will die alone. And he will be resurrected alone. 
So now what's interesting, that's another report. They're on the campaign of the book, the final campaign of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Abu Dhard is lagging behind because of his smashed up transport. So he's given it time to rest to recuperate it, but the camel's not responding. So he gets fed up with it. So now he's got a choice. Shall I continue on foot? Or shall I return? I'm excused. I haven't got transport. He decides to walk, continue on the campaign in Majid. So the people saw him in the distance because there's somebody coming here, Rasulullah. And the Prophet said, made me Abu Zar. <laughs> and when Abu Dhar came nearer, they saw, then the Prophet said these words. Did, did these words come true? Look at the words he said. Amazing. <laughs> he is walking alone. Wasn't that true? <laughs> he will die alone. Wasn't that true? <laughs> and he'll be resurrected alone. Now, for all you Sheikh Googles out there, type in Abu Dhar's grave. <laughs> And you will see his grave still by itself, middle of nowhere. I was shocked. I looked at the grave. I thought, it's still isolated. Why? Because the Prophet said it. So Allah is buried in Rabada. So Abu Dhar, and look how interesting Ibn Masood burst into tears. Why? Because it's happened. Ibn Masood then dismounted and he arranged for the burial. Then Abdullah ibn Mas'ud related to his companions the narrative of Abu Dhar and the statement of Rasulullah to him during the journey to the book which I've mentioned. Mm. So now this is the authentic report. Mm. Now what's interesting, there's another report which is recorded in Ibn Sa'd in Istabakat, Abu Nu'im al-Hilyad, number 384 in Udus. It mentions that the caravan that passed Abu Dhar was headed by the notorious Malik al-Ashtar. <laughs> However, this report has a weak chain of transmission. Together with the fact, it squarely contradicts the above authentic report. <laughs> now look how interesting. You could see Shaitan trying to insert something. Why? What did uh, what does the report mention? The report mentions that Abu Dhar said that when the people, he was actually, he hadn't passed away. And then he started asking all these questions. But the problem with this report is he's clearly passed away. So this report says that he's asking questions and he praises the ones who are going to bury him. Because I heard the Prophet say that the best of you will be those who will be you know, involved with my burial. And lo and behold, who is in there? Malik al So then you think, stop. Where is this recorded? Thinks, oh, it's in Ibn Sa'ad Abu Nu'im al-Hilya. Mashallah, mashallah. Is it authentic? And you well, in the books, everything's in the books. Get Bible out if you want. Then you say, right, what about this report? And this report, what did Ibn Kathir say? Strong report, but I find it strange, it's not in the six collections. Imam Hakim states, Sahih, who is the one Abdullah ibn Masood? So look what they're doing, they're taking away honor from the Sahaba, the Shaitans. They go, no, 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 we need to insert somebody here. Malik al Ashtar, you know, the, that bastion of you know, goodness. So now, it is important to point out, like I mentioned, that Abu Dhar was not exiled by Uthman. How do we know? So remember this report. In Sayyid Bukhari, volume 1, page 18, Abu Dhar himself said, Uthman instructed me to return to Al-Madinah after a difference cropped up between Muawiyah and Abu Dhar. Let's go to Madinah. 
When I went there, the people then came to me in large numbers as if they had not seen me before. Dosa mentioned this to Uthman. He said, if you wish, if you wish, you can depart to a nearby place. This is the cause of my stay here in Labada. Where does this report indicate that Uthman banished him? He himself, who knows better than himself, Abu Dhar is saying, I came to Uthman, he goes, stay in Medina. So I stayed. So people started coming to me in you know, crowds. And he was worried, he's thinking, I might cause fitna. So he approached Amir al-Mu'mineen again. Amir al-Mu'mineen goes, if you wish, it's up to you. You can depart to a nearby place, meaning you like to be alone. I understand. And he goes, this is my cause of going to Rabada. Those Sayyidina Abu Dhar who left Al-Madina by his own sweet free will. He was never exiled by Sayyidina Uthman as some would make you believe. So look what they're doing. They're taking out Ibn Masood's name from the burial. They're lying about Amir al-Mu'minin Uthman. Why? Because they want and they're definitely some satanic element targeting the companions. They want to blemish them. They want to strip them of any honor. And who is it? You know, you don't need to be a Sherlock Holmes to work it out. It's the Shayateen. And they're lifting up their heroes. Imagine, you know, Mukhtar the liar. Right? You know, the, they call him a big saint. Imagine that one, isn't it? Right? The one who opposed the Mir al-Mu'mineen, Abdullah ibn Zubair. And he called himself, you know, I'm getting revelation. Mashallah, it? Right? And Malik, where do you start with him? You know, floodgates open, astaghfirullah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with the with all the majestic companions of our beloved messenger and forgive us all for their honorable state. So Abu Dhar passed away. So note again, how much honor was given to Ibn Mas'ud. Now look how touching. Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud was in the campaign of Tabuk. Tabuk was in the 10th year of Prophet uh, after the Hijrah. So you're talking one year before the Prophet passed away. How many years later did uh, Abu Dhar pass away? He passed away in the uh, 10th year of Uthman's Khalifa. So you're talking 23, 25 years after the book. Ibn Mas'ud was the one who heard the Prophet say those words. Did he know that he was going to be honored? To bury him. Look how interesting Allah Ta'ala is doing this. You know, it's very interesting things if you if you study the seerah properly. Another example that you can give, the scholars point out, Allah Ta'ala reverses things. For example, when I was talking in the early life, right, the beginning of Ibn Masood's life, remember when he said, I couldn't help the Prophet. They put, you know, Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayd put the entrails of a camel on his back in sujood. I couldn't help him. And then the Prophet daughter came, Fatima, she removed the filth. And then the Prophet cursed. Look how Allah Ta'ala works. Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt, he was killed. Right? The Prophet said he was one of those who was damned. His daughter, Umm Kulthum, bint Abu Mu'ayt ibn Uqba. Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt. She, radiyallahu she became one of the most outstanding companions. In fact, all of the six children of Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayr became companions. So what does Allah Ta'ala do? He reverses the filth. He goes, you disrespect my Prophet, I'm going to disrespect you. How? All of your lineage is going to become Sahaba. Right? The scholars point these things out. Because anybody who tries to disrespect the Prophet, it backfires on them. 
As ibn Abi Wa'il, what did he say when the Prophet's son passed away? He goes, he's been cut off. He goes, that's it. Lineage is gone. Lineage doesn't go through daughters. So what happened? As died shortly thereafter as a kafir. And his sons became sahaba. Amr ibn al-As, another, uh, his brother, Allah is reversing everything. Anybody who taunts the Prophet, so not here, uh, with Ibn Mas'ud, Allah was honoring him again and again. Another example you can think of is Abu Huraira. Abu Huraira, what happened? His chief, Tufail al-Dawsi, he was coming to do Umrah during the Jahiliyyah, uh, not the Jahiliyyah, it was the 10th year of the Prophethood. But the Quraysh chieftains goes, don't listen to him. He's a, he's a magician. He'll affect you. Put something into your ears. So he was that scared. He put something into his ears. Then what happened? He's doing tawaf. He sees the prophet. He goes, I'm a poet. I know what poetry is. He takes it out and then he becomes Muslim eventually. So what were the unbelieving Quraysh trying to do? They were trying to stop Rasulullah's speech reaching the ears. So what did Allah do? People are sleeping, Right? Who did he convert from the Dosi tribe? So that the Prophet's words were spread all over the world. Abu Huraira. Allah is reversing it. Because you're trying to stop my beloved's words reaching people's ears. Very good. What I'm going to do now is that person, I'm going to take somebody from his tribe that's going to flood the world with my beloved messenger statements. Boy, if you don't study eating fish and chips, watching Quran, you know, coronation street, you're not going to get these points. So not here. Abu Dhar al-Ghafari radiyallahu And look at all these amazing signs. How did he know that? You know, we know he's the prophet. But if a non-Muslim's looking at all this, he's thinking, how many things did he say that are coming true? You know, if they just hear, they think, this is unbelievable what he's saying. And that's why we say, look, just study the prophet's companions, you will find the truth. That's one. So we're making a start on the next section. A few of his noble and outstanding students. One of the students of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, his name from Hamdan, he relates. Before Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud who left for Al-Madinah for the last time, he gathered all his students together and he said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am convinced that such religiousness Deep understanding of the deen and knowledge of the Quran shall surface amongst you people that surpasses that of all other Muslims. This is recorded in Imam Ahmad Musnad Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawa'id, volume 1, page 450. He comments upon the chair of narrators, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 780 of the New English Translation. So let's look at this. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud when he's leaving for the last time from Kufa, he gets all his students together. What did he say to them? Mubarak, Lawidu, his Matai. Right? What did he say to them? And this is amazing if you think about it. He swore an oath. He goes, by Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am convinced, I am certain, such religiousness, deep understanding of the deen and knowledge of the Quran, he thinks, shall surface amongst your people that surpasses that of all other Muslims. <laughs> Had he done his job, Umar sent him, radiyallahu. He goes, I've got nothing to worry about. My job is done. He goes, you are now the center of learning. He goes, nobody are going to accelerate over you. The knowledge has been passed on. 
It is related in Mubahid fi Ulum al-Quran, page 339, that amongst the many students of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud who later became scholars in their own right, were Hassan al-Basri, Al-Qama ibn Qais, Masruq, Al-Aswad ibn Yazid, and Amr al-Sha'bi, Rahimahumullah. And inshallah, I will give a brief of them, their lives, or a short bio of them tomorrow. So these are very, very famous students of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Now what's interesting about that report, who was Ibn Mas'ud actually placed? Ultimately, the Hanafis. These were the Imams of the Hanafis. So what was Ibn Mas'ud saying? Doesn't that come true? Most of the world, who did they follow? Right? Coronation Street. You know, most of the Muslims, what are they watching? Imagine, you know, they've left their deen. Imagine if the Shafi'is became the dominant. You look back at this report, you're thinking, well, at the end of the day, you know, Ibn Masood's only a human being. He loved his students, but he went a bit too far with that, didn't he? Most of them became Hanbalis. Over 50% of Hanafis. Ibn Masood knew. He goes, and he comes to the Quran, the giants are there. All of the six famous Hadith collectors, were they from the Hijaz? None of them. <laughs> Bukhari, Muslim, Nasai, Abu Dawud, Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah. None of them. <laughs> Where were they getting their knowledge from? <laughs> so note, this shows the immensity of Ibn Masud. And when he was leaving, he was happy. And it's true. As soon as he left, look at these giants. You hear it all the time. Hassan al-Basri. Every other page, you hear his name. Al-Qama. Masruq. Al-Aswat. Imam Sha'bi. <laughs> these are all his students. This is just touching the tip of the iceberg, but I'll mention a little bit more about them tomorrow, inshallah. So all I mentioned today was, again, where the great name of Ibn Masood, radiyallahu, is mentioned during the Khalifa of the Uthman, radiyallahu. And all I really mentioned today was an incident where a righteous man took the law into his own hands, but we can still take lessons from this. And then I mentioned the majority of the talk, the tragic passing away of Abu Dhar. And who was honored to bury him? The great Ibn Mas'ud. Allah wanted Abu Dhar to have that honor as well. And then I'm now mentioning a little bit about some of the great students of Ibn Mas'ud. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi ismarka Allahumma bihamdika ashtu la ilaha illa anta astaghfirika atubu alayka wa zibbalayim wa shidhani subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun assalamu alayhi wa mursaleem wa alayhi 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 wa alayhi